It's an American icon. It's been idolized and immortalized in our imaginations. Barely any brands have made their mark quite like this classic creation. Rev your engines, we're going to kickstart your English as we take apart the tale of Harley Davidson on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. Hello, 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 my amigos, and welcome to this, another exciting episode of FYI for your English, and I can't believe it, we're up in the 40s. Hey, kind of like me, I'm 43 years old, well, this is our 43rd episode, look at that, so I guess we have a reason to celebrate, if you think about it, there's always a reason to celebrate, and I just want to thank you guys before I even begin for commenting, for rating the podcast, and for all the positive feedback I've been receiving from you guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate it, and remember, Remember, if you want to see certain subjects or topics in the future, just let me know. I'd love to tackle them. Well, this week we're going to talk about an American icon. Nope, we're not talking about baseball. Nope, we're not talking about apple pie. We're talking about another American icon, Harley Davidson. They are the world's biggest motorcycle manufacturer. Careful with the pronunciation there, to manufacture and the person who does it is a manufacturer or the company. So using it in context, Harley-Davidson manufactures motorcycles, or they are manufacturers. And there are over 2,000 dealerships. This is a good word to know. A dealership is un concesionario. This is a place where they sell cars and motorcycles. So there are over 2,000 Harley-Davidson dealerships in the world. And the person who sells, the person who works at a dealership, is called a dealer. And they're located in 67 countries. And I know a lot of you guys are probably thinking right now, eh, you know, maybe motorcycles is not my thing. Others of you are saying, yes, finally, finally, we're going to take a look at some motorcycles. And I've got to be brutally honest, I've never been a big fan of motorcycles. I like the noise that they make. I like, you know, the the way they look. I think they're very sleek. Las líneas son muy bonitas, right? They're very sleek, but I've never been big on motorcycles. Let's put it this way. I've ridden on motorcycles cycles, but I've never driven one myself. So to ride is montar and to drive is guiar. And I've got to say, you know, when I started doing this episode, I said, listen, if I can convince myself to like motorcycles by the end of this episode, well, then hopefully I can convince you guys too, those of you who are not into motorcycles. But again, this is more than a motorcycle. It's an 
institution. And when we think of motorcycles, a lot of times we think of these bikers as, you know, these thugs, estos criminales. We think of hell's angels and and all those stereotypes. And we're going to look at all that stuff later on in the pod. But one thing I realized is that there are bikers from every walk of life, every profession out there. When I watched a documentary, one of the ways I prepare for these episodes, I saw that there were lawyers, accountants, nurses, and people from every single profession you could possibly imagine. So let's make one thing clear from the get-go, desde el primer momento. When we say bikers, we're talking about all kinds of different people, not just one kind of person that is usually stereotyped in many movies, which we will look at uh, bikes in pop culture, which is uh, another thing that really helped popularize a lot of motorcycles. So do you care to join me as we fall in love with motorcycles together, specifically Harley-Davidson's? Well, I've already said the word icon a couple times. You say icono, we say icon. And it's also been idolized, I said. And when we idolize something, we put it on a pedestal. We treat it like an idol. I think that word is pretty recognizable. And then I said it's been immortalized in our imaginations. And our imaginations are nuestras imaginaciones. And obviously, immortalized is inmortalizado. Palabrón ahí. Then I said, barely any brands. There's my alliteration. Uh, apenas ningunas marcas. So, apenas marcas. Uh, casi ningunas. Have made their mark. And to make your mark is to leave a mark on history. To be important. To stand out. Destacar. And nobody has made their mark in the motorcycle world quite like these guys and their classic creations. And then, I don't know about you guys, but when I heard that revving of the engines, eso es revoluciones, we say calentar los motores is to rev your engines. And when I was preparing the episode and I listened to this soundbite of a Harley being started, I just realized how impressive this sound was. It literally shook me. I was in my office. I had my headphones on. I will never forget it. And remember, this wasn't a real Harley. This was a sound bite that I found on the internet. And it shook. Hizo temblar. It shook my whole office. So you know what? I think we should listen to it again. It is pretty impressive. And I imagine if you're sitting on it and it's vibrating and moving, it must be a feeling like no other. Let's hear that Harley engine, that distinctive Harley engine, which we'll learn about uh, where that sound comes from and the fact that Harley initially marketed themselves as having a quiet motorcycle, very far from their true or their marketing slogan these days. Let's hear that Harley engine starting up. Oh, that is beautiful. It's purring. To purr is ronronear. It's what a cat does. But a lot of times when we talk about a car or the sound of a bike or a car's engine, uh, you could say it purrs as well. As I said before, it's American-made. When you think of American brands, you think of Levi's, Coca-Cola, and Harley-Davidson. 
But despite having this American reputation, despite its a pesar de, Harley-Davidson also has facilities. Facilities are instalaciones in India, which they opened up in the year 2011. They also have an assembly plant in Brazil. And lately, they've been looking to expand out into Asia, into Thailand. So the company employs around six thousand people. That's right, 6,000 people working for this company. So it's a big company, but it's not as big as Microsoft or Google or these, you know, huge conglomerates. If you look up Harley-Davidson on the stock market, you'll see it's listed as hog, H-O-G, which is a word that means pig. Also, to hog is to take more than your portion. I think you say acaparar. So don't hog the sheets. That's something my wife always says to me. No me quitas todas las sábanas. No cojas más que tu parte. But also, the word hog is another word for a Harley-Davidson. That's right. The word hog has become synonymous with Harley-Davidson bikes. And the reason why is there was a member of the Harley racing team. One of the reasons Harley Davidson got famous was because of the wrecking crew. This was a racing team that they had. And this guy, Ray Weishar was his name. He owned a piglet. This was his little pet and it was also the team's mascot. And well, it caught on. People said, wait, let's call it a hog. I like it. And from that day forward, Harley-Davidson's have been called hogs. But where and when did it all start? Well, we have to rewind. It's 1903, and we're in Milwaukee. Crack a beer. Ábrete una cerveza. Why, you might ask? Well, because Milwaukee is where Budweiser and many other American beers come from. Milwaukee is famous for its beer. It's also famous for where Harley-Davidson was founded. The company was established in 1903, and the first recorded prototype, evidentemente es prototipo, was written a year later. And that's a verb we need to master in this episode. Ride, road, ridden. And it was founded by a group of guys, a guy named William Harley, hmm, that makes sense, and three brothers, the brothers Arthur, William, and Walter Davidson. And they got together, they wanted to motorize a bicycle, because at the turn of the century, bicycles were huge. And when I say huge, you guys can't even imagine. Now, you know, maybe 80%, 60% of the population has bikes, they're Everybody did. It was all the rage. But these guys, they were practical guys. You know, they, they wanted to get around and they wanted to get around quickly. They felt that bikes were just a little bit too slow to be used practically. So they decided that they would motorize a bicycle and they would try and go for speed and maneuverability. 
and the company even made bicycles for a while. But they realized soon after that that wasn't their business. Their business was motorized bicycles or motorcycles. And if you look at the early models, you started these with pedals. They looked so much more like bikes. They had pedals on them and you would pedal to get that engine going. Now, I told you I was going to tell you about that sound that we've heard twice already. It is such a distinctive sound. I've never heard anything like it. There have been times when I'm walking around and I hear a Harley and I look up in the sky because I think it's a plane. That's how loud these things are. But how did it get this distinct sound? Well, supposedly the engine's pistons, now the pistons are the things that go up and down, and you guys are going to see right now how little I know about being a mechanic and about cars and motorcycles and automobiles in general. But the way these pistons are timed is that one fires, dispara, on one revolution of the crankshaft, and the other fires on the next revolution. So like there's like this alternating sound that you hear when you hear it. And and if you listened carefully, you'll hear that switching. And a, a crankshaft is un cigüeñal. Eh, son palabras mayores para mí en inglés y en español. I know the word crankshaft, but if you asked me to point it out uh, on a vehicle, I don't think I could. Y cuidado con la pronunciación. It's not vehicle, it's vehicle vehicle. The H is relatively silent. Vehicle. So yeah, and this is because it's alternating explosions that happened in the engine. That sounds pretty cool on paper, but as I said before, when they first started out, their ads, sus anuncios, uh, show that the company prided itself. Eran muy orgullosos de algo. Se usa como verbo. They prided themselves on having quiet bikes, bikes that didn't make a lot of noise. One of their ads even said quiet and refined, and those are not two words that you would associate with Harley Davidson. Not now, at least. And their their marketing was clear. I mean, they were going for upper-class people, civilized men and women riding their bikes. In fact, one of their bikes, one of their motorcycles was called the Quiet Gray Gentleman. Gray because of its paint job and quiet because it was a quiet Harley Davidson. The exact opposite of their marketing today. Now, another distinctive feature of the Harley-Davidson motorcycle is the V-twin engine. And be careful with the pronunciation there, engine. It was the very first one that was mounted to a frame in 1909. And these have been linked to Harley's from the beginning. Since 1909, and they put that first V-twin engine in there. And why do they call it V-twin? ¿Ves? Hasta aquí llego. V porque parece una V y twin porque son gemelos. They look the same. But when I watched the documentary, one of the Harley, well, I think it was his grandson, uh, said that, well, it was the perfect shape. Era eh, la forma perfecta. Think about the, the way a motorcycle looks. You have a little space there. And, well, a V fits 
perfectly. Now, I want to be clear on something here, too. I said, you know, that it's always been associated with Harley-Davidson, this V-twin engine, but they didn't necessarily invent it. It's just become uh, a part of their signature. It was invented by uh, Gottlieb Daimler. You guys know this, uh, and this was a little bit earlier. This was in 1889. But those were not used on motorcycles yet. They were used on boats. They were also used on cars, but they weren't used on motorcycles. It wasn't till a man named Glenn Curtis came along, and he has been credited with inventing that V-twin motorcycle engine, which, as I said before, was in 1903. So Harley-Davidson, the company, started to grow little by little. It wasn't a huge boom like Disney with his park, Disneyland, which in the first six months was a huge success. These guys built up slowly but surely, poco a poco, step by step. And I think that's still part of their philosophy today. So they started by, you know, marketing to different people, as I said before. Then they started marketing and looking at institutions such as the post office and the police department in fact cops if you remember uh, these uh, there's a very popular show in the United States I don't know if it was popular in Spain and it was called chips California Highway Patrol and they rode around on Harleys and I even remember the the police in New York City riding around on Harleys now I didn't know it was a Harley because as I said I know very little about this topic but it was a big bike it was a you know a solid sturdy bike. That's a good word to describe Harley-Davidson's. Sturdy, fuerte. They were very popularized with different institutions in the United States, including the, the World Wars, where Harley-Davidson and their motorcycles played a part in the war efforts. So they always found a way to be useful, not just cool and fun. And I feel like this part comes in every episode. And then the Great Depression hit. That was in 1929. And this is a turning point, I think, in every business we've looked at. In every episode, the Great Depression had some kind of effect on what we were talking about. In this case, motorcycle companies were having a lot of trouble staying afloat, como decimos, manteniéndose flotando, vamos, sobreviviendo. Motorcycle companies were no exception to the other companies that were struggling out there. At that time, people looked at motorcycles as luxury. It was seen as uh, more of a, um, a luxury, as I said. It wasn't a necessity. And that led to their downfall. And so Harley-Davidson and their competition, they have a couple other, which they would say is not their competition. But people who ride bikes say Harley is not the only one. It's not the best one. And as always, this is a matter of personal preference. As you know, there's the Indian Motorcycle Company, which is a very famous one. There's Triumph as well. But uh, some say once you've ridden a Harley, you'll never ride those other ones. But I know a friend who has a Triumph who says once you ride a Triumph, why would you want to ride 
a Harley. But thankfully, you know, they were able to to fix things up and really to weather the storm, I should say. The Indian Motorcycle Company and Harley-Davidson both survived the Great Depression. And as I said earlier, due to these racing teams and the popularity of their wrecking crew and and all their racers, they made their bikes very, very popular. There was a guy named Joe Petrali who broke the record, the speed record on a Harley Davidson in Daytona. And this was in the 1930s. And that brought a lot of attention to Harley Davidson as well. So with every major success story, every enterprise or business we look at, every idea, every single one has had its share of ups and downs, as we say, altibajos. And now I'd like to take a look at some popular models or maybe some models that were made popular because of Hollywood celebrities or what have you. Now, they, uh, they've been coming in 90 different models in eight different categories So 90 different models. If you're a collector, you've got a lot of stuff to collect. Well, one of my favorite ones, and I guess I'm a little bit biased, sesgado, is the fat boy. Why? Well, because I'm a fat boy. I identify with that Harley Davidson. No, I'm joking. (laughs) My cousin Fran in Almeria has a fat boy. And just touching that thing, you know that you are touching a mean machine. And nobody knew that more than... Arnold, when he used it in Terminator 2, he rode the famous Fat Boy bike. And if you remember the scene, I think it was Guns N' Roses with You Could Be Mine, the Terminator flying down the street on his Harley Fat Boy. One of the most famous motorcycle movies is Easy Rider with Jack Nicholson, also Dennis Hopper, Peter Fonda, and this was another one that popularized Harley and, well, motorcycle culture in general, and the one in this movie was called A Chopper. Again, please forgive me if I get them wrong. I looked these up, but I know very little about the different models. The next movie is Pulp Fiction in 1986 is... Harley Davidson FXR Super Glide is the name of the model, and that was the one that we could see in Pulp Fiction. Another one which just has the name in the title, Ghost Rider, and this one uses a Harley Davidson chopper as well, which is a very popular one, the chopper. If you guys know, there's a popular TV show called the OC Choppers. It's uh, where they take Harley Davidsons and they customize them. And this is located a stone's throw from my dad's house in New York State. OC stands for Orange County. So the Orange County Choppers. And it's a place where they take Harleys and they custom make them. So why do they call them choppers? Hmm, good question. Now, chopper is another word for a helicopter. Well, they were called choppers because after the war, there were a lot of surplus bikes. I think you say excedencia. And so they were big, they were bulky, and, you know, people wanted them, but they said, I can't drive around with this huge military bike. So they started to chop it up, cortarlo, and they would cut extra pieces off and personalize it. And from there, you got the word chopper. Now, I always thought because it sounded like a helicopter. And now you know Harley-Davidson's can be as unique as the rider. They come in all different sizes and styles, and then you can customize it to your liking. 
and we were talking about movies and, and bikes and pop culture. Well, uh, supposedly the first movie featuring a Harley Davidson was called The Wild One with Marlon Brando. And this is where Harley Davidson had its first feature big screen performance. And that was in 1953. Now, you want to know the funny part? Marlon Brando wasn't the one riding the Harley. No, he was riding a Triumph, which, as I said before, is Harley's competition. It was the bad guy, the guy in the rival gang. He was an actor, Lee Marvin, who played the role. He was the one who was riding the Harley. All these movies and so many more have popularized not just Harley Davidson, but this biker culture. And as I said in the beginning of the episode, anybody anywhere in the world can be a biker. You just have to like a little adventure, the open road, the purr of the engine. And what's not to like? That sounds like a great plan to me. I just am a little bit scared of motorcycles personally. Yeah, well, they go fast, and if you fall off, I don't even want to think about it. So maybe that's what it is. I, I, it's not that I don't like motorcycles. I respect them. I fear them. But what I've realized doing this episode is that they are truly an amazing invention. Now, we have to wrap up this show over here. But just remember that if you guys are patrons, then you'll have access to bonus content every week. You can also get access to PDFs with all the vocabulary. Now, that's over 300 words and expressions per episode. You can even get weekly classes and monthly classes with me. If you want to find out more, you can go over to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso and take a look at all the different options. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you guys who support me and the work I do. If you enjoy this work and you want to be a part of our curious community, join us on Patreon. Again, it's patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And I'd like to send a shout out to all my super duper students, Tony, Roberto, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, Edgar and Loles. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Carmen, Diego, Pilar, and Diana. You guys rock. Thank you so much. And we've got so much to celebrate. Our community is constantly growing. Just recently, we reached a hundred patrons. So thank you, thank you, thank you for growing with me. It's a pleasure to have you all as students. And I hope we continue to grow together to another hundred. Let's make a toast. Hacer un brindis. In the bonus part of today's show, we're going to look at the battle between Triumph and Harley Davidson. We'll also take a look at apparel and merchandising and how that plays a very important role in Harley Davidson. Also, we're going to talk about how a knockoff, una copia, from Japan possibly saved Harley Davidson during the Second World War. We'll also take a look at the Hell's Angels, parts of a bike, and some of the biggest motorcycle events in the world. All that and much more in the bonus part of today's F.Y. I, I.